We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use our URL felixgrayglasses.com backslash CMOS girlies. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now. felixgrayglasses.com slash CMOS girlies. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. felixgrayglasses.com slash CMOS girlies. What's up CMOS girlies? Both Emma and I have a laptop on our legs, burning off our quads and we're here to podcast. How's it going, Emma? It's going great. Yes. Happy Tuesday to everyone that's listening to this, but happy Sunday to us as we pod. I cut my hair this morning at like 6 a.m. with kitchen scissors because my hair has been so long and I haven't gotten a haircut. And for anyone who doesn't know, Kate and I are cheap as fuck and refuse to get haircuts in the city. So that means our only options are getting haircuts when we go back home, but I haven't been home in forever. And so I was like, you know what, Emma, we're just going to cut it. I used to cut my hair all the time. Cause I remember once in high school, my dad was like, why the fuck is your like hair, like cut like $50. And I was like, that's not that expensive dad, but like, okay, I guess I'll just like cut my own hair then to like piss him off. Um, but yeah, it doesn't look too bad. It looks even. Yeah. I do that all the time. Dog. I don't think the way that I cut my hair is like the way you're supposed to cut hair, but you know, so be it. No, I do that all the time. Like pandemic. I'm never going back. I've said that on the record. Like why the fuck would I pay for a haircut? You can watch YouTube videos if you want to get technical about like how to actually do it too. The world's your oyster. Just like I taught myself how to clean the past week, like teach yourself how to do a haircut. Become resourceful. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to get new skills and hobbies. Emma and I both deleted Hinge this past week and Every single night that I don't have like a, oh, I wonder if this guy's going to text me or like, maybe I'll have a date or something like that. I have no random night. You know, my nights have been really dull recently and I've been wanting to pick up really stupid hobbies. And so hair cutting, I don't need to do, but we'll think of more hobbies that Emma and I can get. I was going to say what type of hobbies I've been getting the itch to like bake a lot. Cause I remember I used to do that a lot when I was vegan, I would make so much banana bread and I haven't done that in a while. I've been doing that here and there. I had a Bob's Red Mill like muffin mix that I made, which was cute. cute. 
um, the, the dreaded need to just go through all my clothes and purge, but that's never going to happen as we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emma and I did go to a vintage fair, the Manhattan vintage fair or festival something on Saturday overwhelming overwhelming like we met up with some friends before and got food and then like walked over but I didn't realize how many vintage things were all mushed together and also how many patrons would be there and so I couldn't even properly look at stuff also like the the time I did flip over the price tag it was like $790 no tea no shade to the vintage girlies I know you're sourcing properly and like you had to be an accredited buyer to be there but yeah I'm not dropping $800 for like a like a shirling coat guys yeah it felt like for anyone who lives in new york and has been to like the beacons i don't know in greenpoint it felt like that but on steroids it was so overwhelming i was like this is not an enjoyable experience to shop and i think kate and i were talking a lot about our brains are just broken when it comes to like secondhand clothing prices because we grew up in the midwest where everything's like a quarter um i was like you know hoping to maybe find something that was cool and a decent price but I think also, I just don't know what my personal style is that I was looking at everything. I was like, is this even me? Like, I don't know. Um, it was like fun to get out and like look at vintage clothing. Cause I do love vintage clothing a lot, but yeah, after an hour, I was like, I get it. I need to get out of here and just like lay in my bed and stare at the ceiling. And that's what we did. My mm-hmm. point is I feel like my COVID has changed my fashion because so many people work from home, um, like the rise of athleisure that I feel like we haven't had a return to normal of like what it used to be like to get dressed every single day to go do your thing. And I know I'd, I work freelance, remote, whatever the heck, but it still doesn't feel like I need to put on an outfit every single day. There will be days upon days where I just rot in the same pair of sweatpants. And I never used to do that. And I don't know if my brain's ever going to go back to like putting on a different outfit every day. I don't know if that's growing up. I don't know if anyone else relates to that, but I used to put on like entirely a different pair of pants every day in a different shirt and different shoes. And like, now I'm like, what's the point, babes? Why are we wasting the mental energy? Yeah. I feel like it's definitely a byproduct of working from home. I mean, I'm happy that I honestly go into the office two days a week and they're like consecutive days. So I'm like forced to kind of get back into the mindset of like getting dressed and everything. So I feel like on the weekends, I'm still like a slug. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like on the weekends, I like Saturdays, I like to get dressed up and Sundays. I'm like, I can just like lounge and wear whatever. But yeah, I definitely think it's just like pandemic. I think we're all just like tired and like got used to like being lazy. And I think just in general fashion became very casual. Um, so yeah, if anyone else relates to the fashion issues that Kate and I are constantly having, leave us a little comment or yeah, post about it. Let us, let us know in the comments below. It's funny because like podcaster, I don't know what like the phrases are like YouTubers. It's like, like comment, subscribe, but like us, I'm like, I don't know. Like podcasts and everyone's just like, please give us an Apple review. Please give us a review on Apple. Oh my gosh. Um, Also, I saw this one TikTok and I had to watch it like five times. This girl, I don't remember what the word she was describing, but someone learned that Pinterest means pinned interests. Hmm. I didn't put the two together ever until now. Exactly. But there's a phrase that describes words like that where they're mushed together. And did you know that podcast is iPod and broadcast together? Hmm. This person could have been making that up, but that sounded good as hell for me. Well, um, podcasting definitely was around before Apple. Like, I guess it was kind of more just like radio, but I don't know. This girl sounded really swimmingly. She gave like 25 examples of words like that. And I'm like, I'm sold. That was enough brain effort for me today. Also, if you guys have any books that Emma and I should read, I do really want to read Inflamed. Um, the Is it called The Injustice of Deep Medicine or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Someone commented that on the meme page. I mean, what? Okay, guys, once again, Emma and I have very like strong opinions about wellness that are not going to come through through memes. Like I'm very, I'm like a Bernie Sanders, like socialist girl. And I'm not going to just like make memes about like, 
how unjust the healthcare system is. Like I could, I could, but I feel like that's not what CMOS girlies is. And I, I don't know. It's funny when people, I remember one time someone DM'd us like, I'm so disappointed. I haven't seen your take on Palestine yet. And I'm like, DMing me on my personal I'll let you know but like what so I don't know if it's like new people trickling over but I do want to read that book and if you have any other wellness books let us know in Geneva because I'm always curious and I feel like my book list has kind of hit a halt recently I just haven't been excited to pick up a book so I'll let you know if I pick that one up yeah I want to read that as well I feel like I've heard the authors on like different podcasts there was like I think they were on my muddy green once and it was like very very interesting so it's definitely or the book I want to read on my list but I've been trying to find it on the Libby app to just like listen because I'm like I don't want to go through the effort of like yeah. buying a book which is annoying of me no I think um, I'm but gonna it's gonna not go on Libby it. yeah I think I'm gonna go buy it today because Libby doesn't update like new books oftentimes and I feel like the audiobook thing is really limited there yeah. the only audiobooks I found a lot of are like the Gregor like how not to die how or no that's not him oh Stephen Gundry Gundry where it's like the plant paradox plant paradox the immunity paradox the whatever paradox yeah and I find Marion Williamson's audiobooks in there and then like that's about it um so yeah there's not really much there but I think I'm gonna go buy that book also the book who wellness is for or who is wellness for is another book that I got recommended that I want to pick up once again I don't think it's going to be available on Libby's like an audiobook yet so Maybe I'll do some book shopping. I need to go get some sesame seeds and some sunflower seeds. And why not Why not get a book too? Yeah, might as well. Yeah, I need to go to Whole Foods after this. I have a running list of random things that I need in my pantry and in my fridge. But but today's episode yes, is a random, random. trend report. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some topics Emma and I have been, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a funny verb. I was going to say matriculating on. That's not the correct verb. We've been spinning on we've been vibing on I don't know that we've wanted to chat about just like random stuff like I made a meme about liquid death and I want to talk about that bloom nutrition I feel like I see every fucking day on TikTok and so we'll get into some trends just to hear Emma and me blab about wellness because that's what y'all signed up for with listening to this pod I guess yeah I guess let's just get into it dolly shall we yes we shall let's do it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, CMOS Grillies. We have to tell you all about our favorite new plant-based protein powder by Sprout Living. They're so delicious, so clean, and really much more than just your standard protein powder. Now, what really makes them different is that they avoid a lot of the unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real, whole superfoods and adaptogens, which is great because it makes the blends multifunctional. 
Their Epic Protein Pro Collagen Blend, for example, also contains ingredients that help boost the body's own natural production of collagen. How cool is that? They have tons of different flavors. There's truly something for everyone to love. Check them out and use the code CMOSGIRLIES for 20% off your order. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, CMOS girlies. We know you spend hours scrolling and liking our memes on your phones. Hey, Emma, have you heard about the dangers of blue light? Oh, girl, am I aware? From the headaches to the blurry vision, I am a victim of blue light. Did you know that exposure to blue light at night can lower the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates sleep? Even though your girlies take your magnesium before bed, we suggest you check out Felix Gray lenses to help with blue light exposure. Kate and I are wearing our glasses as we, as we record this ad because the Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on the eyes. To get the best blue light glasses on the market, use our URL, felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Non-prescription and prescription are available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges felixgrayglasses.com slash cmosgirlies. All right, let's start with liquid death. Um, when I first saw the product at Whole Foods, I did not think much of it. There are so many goddamn beverages at the grocery store that I feel like none really make me turn around and dance. None make me really shine and, and be like, what is this cool thing? I kind of walk by that section and I know what I want. I just want a GT's Blue Synergy kombucha and that's about it. But I started realizing about liquid death when I think I saw like a TikTok that was someone at a music festival with it and they were like sober like it was some like how to be sober at a music festival and like the video started with her holding the liquid death and I was like that looks like a beer what the hell are you drinking and then I made the intuitive like link that I was like oh shit I've seen this at Whole Foods before I just thought this was like low alcohol beer or like no alcohol beer or something like the GT's hard kombucha I didn't realize it was water I just I, th I thought it was something more than that I was like oh this is water 
awesome. Um, so it, it was kind of it, that put them together. It pinned it to me that it was like this festival beverage that had become very buzzy for sober or people that are looking for an alternative to alcohol is now like it's sold at the grocery stores too. And that's the thing that when I made the meme and I'm like, I'm going insane. Like, what is the point of liquid death? I don't understand. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my own experience. Like, I don't really drink often unless it's on dates. Like, I don't know why you would spend money on this at the grocery store unless I mean, it was like I hosting a party or something. I bought it because I enjoy sparkling water. Um, I will say it's good. And I know that their whole thing is about like, obviously like plastic and that's why everything comes like aluminum cans and everything. And like, I think proceeds or whatever go to like, you know, saving yeah. the fucking oceans or some shit. I think the branding is actually kind of genius. I don't think it's like our type of branding and probably why we don't understand it. But I was reading, I think the snacks shot lady, Andrea, I think she tweeted something about how like liquid death, I think kind of wants to become like the next like Arizona tea, almost like sort of Mm. taking over that entire space. But I think it's like so easy to quickly criticize a beverage company because it's like, yeah, why does a beverage company that like sells sparkling water have a valuation of like $700 million? They like, did a recent like fundraise, I think of like 23 million, which is like crazy. Um, but I do kind of feel like for sober people who are kind of into that, like party lifestyle, I think there has been a void in kind of like creating a beverage for them that like, isn't a low alcohol, like alternative, you know? No. Yeah. I was going to get to that. I was going to say like, I think it's great for festivals. Like it totally makes sense. Like the branding I think is really genius that like void you were mentioning. I think for me, it's interesting that it is also like sold at the grocery store and then also like pushed for festivals. For me, it makes sense to be pushed at the festivals, the venues and stuff. But I also think that relates to my own consumption habits that like, I don't go out and buy a LaCroix. So I'm just not the consumer for that. Like if you were to go buy a LaCroix or to buy a Perrier or something like that liquid death I think is like a cool beverage I feel like if I this wouldn't happen but if I was going to a house party in New York and I didn't want to drink maybe I would bring a liquid death so I think it's really cool I just think more of like what does this mean about the future of wellness because I think there's all these like super super like overgrandizing takes about like oh yeah like Gia exists thus alcohol is going away and I feel like I've seen that about liquid death of like oh god it's now at a valuation of 70 like 700 million dollars alcohol is going to go away and I just think some of those are like a little bit out of touch with like how much people consume alcohol in America I feel like if you're a sober person you definitely realize like alcohol is not going away everyone is so annoying and so judgy when I don't drink but I think a lot of people that are writing like think pieces are like liquid death means that we are not drinking alcohol and it's just like weirdly alarmist that I'm like yeah. guys well, did you read that did you read that article from vice about like how alcohol lost its cool or something I haven't yeah. really, like fully read it but I think I mean I do feel that it's very true that like there is less drinking when it comes to like Gen Z but I think still it's like the people yeah, but- who are sober don't drink that much like aren't vocalizing it on the internet compared to like everyone who goes out and parties you know so I feel like there might actually be like a larger segment of us who like don't drink them like we realize but I also think that like whenever people write about like oh I saw all these kids on TikTok or I'm making assumptions about an entire swath of population based on social media one so many people don't post two like college campuses there is so much fucking alcohol and I feel like people think about like really hyper specific like what are people in New York City what are the young dime square people drinking versus like everyone at University of Kansas is getting fucked up 
not everyone. I mean, there's some people, but it's just like interesting to make these assumptions like the why, you know, alcohol's lost its cool. I'm like, it's still very cool. It's still very cool in a lot of places. And I think I also saw an article that like over the summer that was like, wellness is not cool. So I just feel like there's a pendulum that like sometimes with journalism, I kind of question the credibility of like why people are writing these articles because I'm like, you're not really being like, I think just trend forecasting in general, especially like trend forecasters on TikTok that are like, oh my gosh, like Bella Hadid is like, a, is going to be a fashion, you know, like an icon. It's like dumb print tradition. So I think anything about like future of wellness, I'm always like cautious because I'm like, what is the population and the sample for like your prediction? Because I don't, I don't know. Like it's hard. And to I also predict. feel like people probably only focus on like California, New York. So that's where like the trends like first emerge yeah. or like, those are like quote unquote, like the trend setters. But then I feel like, yeah, they kind of, it's easy to like totally forget about like the Midwest. I feel like that is almost just like its own country in itself. Like one of those like tiny mic TikTok interviews I would love to do is to go to a grocery store in the Midwest, multiple, like Emma, you and I could do this when we're back. Ask people like, do you know what liquid death is? Do you know what tofu is? Like, I just think that is something that you and I have experience with because we're from the Midwest. But when I hear from people that have only lived East Coast, I'm like, guys, my family still doesn't know what oat milk is. Like this, I mean, they do now, but like it's, it takes time for trends to get all the way across America. And like, yeah, I think it's just talking in the pockets of like the East and the West Coast a lot with wellness stuff. Um, The next one is like kind of related, which is like the death of low alcohol alternatives. If you don't know what I mean, low alcohol drinks just basically means that it has a lower alcohol strength by volume. So it's like referred to as a low AVB Bev. If you've seen that it's between like 0. or 0.05 and 1.2. So it's like a reduced alcohol beverage. I started seeing a lot of these during the pandemic because I think initially in the pandemic, people started to drink a lot more. And then also it was kind of co-founded by like, oh shit, I'm stuck in my apartment. I'm drinking a lot. I don't want to do this. And these low ABV, like vodkas, like there's one called drink body. There's like ritual tequila, hard kombucha is another one. They're like this kind of hybrid between like, I want to have a drink, but I don't want to feel so hungover. And I still want it to taste the same, but just have less alcohol in it. I just see this market as really existing for a very niche, and this might be a hot take, but a very niche, like millennial woman. Like, I just don't see, like, you're either going to drink or you're going to not drink at all. I don't get the point of a little bit of alcohol for like most people. I understand like the cases where this does do well, that people are like, yeah, I'm really sensitive to alcohol, but I still like doing it. And I want to find an alternative. Totally get it. I think that's a really valid like reason, but I just don't know if these are going to become like the next thing per se. I feel like there's such a trend to like not drink at all that I don't really know the place for like the low alcohol stuff. Yeah. It feels very much like millennial woman or like, you know, like all the, like the, the skinny popcorn or like the, yes. like the skinny margaritas. It feels like that. Yeah. But just, or with, even yeah, that skinny alcohol. What, yeah. Yeah. The skinny vodka is that the Bethany Frankel one. I don't know <laughs> yeah. whatever her beverage is. Like, I'm just like, this is weird. Why are we doing this? Yeah. I completely agree. I also just feel like for me personally, I'm such like an all or nothing person. I think a lot of people are when it comes to things in life. And so I think, like you said, if you're not going to drink, like you're definitely just not going to drink versus like randomly dabbling with something, but yeah, very low alcohol. Um, one thing that I want to talk about and that I randomly saw someone tweet about was the crab shortage. And now here's the thing. I crab is a very expensive food to eat. And I know like a lot of people eat it for holidays. I know we always have it for Christmas at my grandparents' place, but I've never been like a crab connoisseur. I eat like my salmon and I feel like most people aren't eating crab on a daily basis. So when I heard about this, I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. I was like, 
it's probably climate change because like that's just like what is happening yeah um so for people who don't know the crab season is has been closed in alaska alaska only due to the plummeting population so that the state and the federal agencies can work to quote unquote understand the collapse of the population i'm like y'all know it's because of climate change like they don't just like crabs don't just like magically disappear right like we would know if like something horrible happened um, and I think it's just like so funny that they're like, hmm, we don't know what is causing the downfall of like the crab population. It's like, bitch, yeah, you do. Um, and so the Bering Sea, which is like where a lot of these like particular crabs, um, like in Alaska, like live, have seen drastically warmer waters in like, you know, 2018 and go forward. And so a lot of biologists have been theorizing that like the reduced cold water pockets in the sea have caused a lot of the crabs excuse me to like swarm to these limited areas which puts so much stress on like those ecosystems but then also they've been starving to death due to a metabolic due to their metabolism essentially increasing in order to try to survive in warm waters because they are meant to live in cold waters and so like what does this mean for consumers obviously there's going to be shortages for crab that you can like eat and purchase at the grocery store prices will probably skyrocket but then also a lot of these like crab farmers i don't even want to call them like farmers but like fishermen like so many of them are probably gonna have to file for bankruptcy because like this is like their main source of income also just like imagine living in alaska your other alternatives of like what you probably do when it comes to like working in different like industries are extremely limited but i think it's just like interesting because i think a lot of us are slowly starting to actually experience the impacts of like climate change and like the downfall of a lot of different um you know creatures and yeah, it's kind of scary. Like I think Kate and I were talking the other day about like how like sockeye salmon is so expensive now, like $30 for like that big ass pack at Whole Foods and then like mackerel too. And so I think it's so interesting because I feel like so for so long, we've all been like, oh, climate change, like distant, like we're never going to like actually feel the effects, but like actually experiencing it through the food system first is like very like alarming, obviously. And for people who I think haven't grown up in areas where, you know, we've been privileged to have like unlimited access to food, it's definitely like eye-opening for sure. Yeah, and I think along with that, it's not good that it's happening, but I do think that the effects of climate change are something that is so tangible that like you have to eat food every single day. Yeah. People are going to notice it, like you said. I think a lot of effects of climate change like have felt so disparate and far off for a very long time. A lot of scientists who had been narrating in the 70s that like climate change is happening, climate change is happening, were telling the stories of the polar bears going extinct and the ice caps melting, and it wasn't relatable and human enough to anyone. And there's a lot of like rewriting of that climate narrative of like, it's going to be your coffee, it's going to be your chocolate, and it shouldn't be a like a politics of like scarcity and like fear of like you need to hoard resources and like fight against your neighbor for food but it should be something like every person should be a climate person like it doesn't have to make exact sense about how you are related to the climate crisis but it should be something that you are subconsciously thinking about at least like not to say everyone once again has to be perfect you just need everyone that is like more aware about it and those with more power like have to obviously do more and take more of the burden here like I think for a while I felt doomsday by that politics of like individual action because I was like I can't be zero waste. It's too expensive. And I know people might say like, oh, everyone can be zero waste, whatever. Um, Jeff Bezos has like trillions more dollars than I do. He could do snap shit. The Kardashians, like, I don't know why people don't go at the Kardashians for like the way that they spend their money too. Um, Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because I think it culturally people feel like celebrities are the relatable bestie. But then when it comes to like socioeconomically, like 
they're not your bestie. They have so much money. They could change like how your life is. You could work a four day work week if celebrities like change stuff and impacted Congress. So yeah, crab shortage. When you put that down, I was like, damn dog. Didn't know we had a passion for the crab shortage. So if anyone who's a CMOS really and lives in Alaska, I would love to know more information on it. I've been to Alaska and it's gorgeous, but I do just kind of feel that like I think their economy will, will obviously be like so severely impacted and I don't know why that like makes me sad, but I'm just like, Oh, I feel like bad for all those people who like rely on that. Um, yeah. so, you know, we'll see what happens, but I also just feel like, yeah, the crabs aren't coming back anytime soon. If anything, like they're just going to keep on like dying and same with like all the other wildlife, aquatic animals or animals, mammals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, amphibians. Anything. Every, every, every animal, every, every single animal, all animals in the universe. Um, next one is a weird side tangent that I feel like uh, we just like haven't properly talked about, which is bloom nutrition. If you don't know, it's the greens powder that has taken over TikTok. If you're not on TikTok, save brain cells and don't download the app. Um, basically I started noticing it that all these girls that were specifically like in college would do like get ready with me in the morning or like what I eat in a day videos. And every single video would be started with a plug of this beverage called bloom nutrition. And I was like, what the hell is a bloom nutrition? Like had to do some research and you know, you go on the website of bloom nutrition. Um, you click, this is obvious. This is more of a broad guide. If you're looking at any supplement company about like, is it scammy or not? Here are some things that I think you should consider. I went on this website looked at the founder, like who the fuck started this company? When did they start the company? The founder immediately claims that I was looking for something to help me lose weight. Um, that always is a red flag when your product is marketed as a health product for me. Um, second, the broad health claims of like, it improves your digestion, your immunity, your bloating, whatever. But there overall is a very much a lack of information on this site. Like you can go on the site and look at the 75,000 variants of their product. You can look at the pretty packaging of like the fit influencers holding the product. You can go on TikTok and see a bunch of girls say the same vague talking points about how it helped their bloating. But like, there's no scientific information. All they say is like, oh, we manufactured our product in a private manufacturing facility. That's it. It does not say the dosage sizes. And someone went on to like a health website that I was on was rating like different greens powders. And it said that it's hard to kind of tell like if a greens powder is good or not, because the dosage size would have to be so large for you to feel the benefits of spirulina. And this product has over like 300 different ingredients in it, not the label. So like you're getting a tiny dosage of whatever is in there. And once again, supplements are not regulated by the FDA. So you really don't know the dosage size that's going into like bloom nutrition. I just think it's a point where I consider this as myself because like influencers are now where product discovery happens. A lot of the time people are not reading the newspaper about like what new wellness product should I try out? It's like through social media feeds and whether or not you opt into social media feeds or not, like you'll get ads for it. Like you'll see, you'll maybe you don't follow an influencer, but maybe one of your friends will be influenced and then you will said, learn about the product. And so that being said, like there is so much opportunity for brands like Bloom Nutrition to take over the market. I feel like they are the biggest wellness brand on TikTok, to my knowledge, that I see all the time. Mm-hmm. And they are able to tap influencers that don't necessarily know about the product or get talking points about the product or like who can't definitively like speak about it that well. And then people are going to say, okay, Kate and Emma, you guys like athletic greens. That is an entirely different product for me. Like you might look at the product and say like, they're both greens powders, they're both bullshit powders, whatever. For me, athletic greens been around for 14 years. They are NSF certified. 
the founders have visibly like a lot of scientific backing. They have a full science team. They have a medical advisory board. They go to clinical testings. They do third-party testing. They have updated their formula every time they've found a better ingredient. For me, that is a product that is trying to do better. And like, it is the wild world of wellness. Brands do not have to do that much to exist, i.e. Bloom Nutrition has done jack shit to like prove that they are a credible wellness product. And so when a company like Athletic Greens does all of that to go above and beyond, like that is one where I'm like, on TikTok talking about it because I think it's a really cool product and you could disagree with me but like I just think Bloom Nutrition is really odd as soon as I started seeing it like all these very similar like lifestyle videos I'm like this is just like a scam what are we doing here also just like when I went onto their website I went onto their website literally 10 minutes before recording this and I was like this is exactly what I expected the branding and everything to be and I feel like you it's so it's extremely obvious that like obviously target demographic are just like young college girls, but I feel like they're definitely leaning so much into like just a bunch of pretty girls to like promote their product. And I think the issue that comes with that is that like, it's so clearly about like aesthetics and not actually like preventative health and like actually like, you know, improving various things. And like, obviously gut health is so big right now and like bloating remedies, which like Jesus fucking Christ. But another thing too, like if it was a very credible product, influencers would be talking about the specific ingredients yes. that have led to a health benefit but it's like you're saying it's the vegas that is aesthetic claims that are related to bloom nutrition where i'm just like it can't be good too good to be true like it can't be that so yeah i don't know if any of the cms girlies like feel like you see those videos all the time or like you know anyone who's tried them it's just very i'm very curious about how they just popped out of nowhere thanks to tiktok I know. And I, it's very interesting. It's like bloom specifically. I'm like surprised it's not like moon juice or like other, like, I feel like kind of aesthetic wellness brands that have been around for like much longer than bloom. Um, so you definitely have like cracked the code when it comes to like the influencers. And I think there is so much potential. I think Kate and I have talked about this off pod about like a lot of like college campuses and like all the girls that like live there, like that is such like an untapped market when it comes to health and wellness. And yeah, I mean, I just, I'm kind of mad that it's like Bloom who's like being their first introduction to health and wellness because it's like very scammy and yeah but I think a lot of times the way people stick into health and wellness is like almost if you feel unwell which we've said before of like if you have a bad experience with a supplement or like you get a really difficult to manage health condition I feel like that's when people start to do like the personalization and like the biohacking of themselves to figure out what to do um like you were saying it's interesting with influencer strategy because a lot of brands that like want to pose themselves as being more credible credible they will maybe tap like three nutritionists or three influencers that are like mds or something to promote their product but then like we're saying bloom has kind of had that like spread far and spread wide strategy of just like toss everyone the product and hopefully that will give us virality versus like some people like athletic greens they're on mark hyman's podcast they're on andrew humerman's podcast so they know that the audience is coming to them for like credible information but like yeah i guess you're just taking a gamble with like let's just throw it to all these girls across america a lot of people will find the product and then somehow it'll convert to sales so i'm curious to see if they stick around or if it's just going to be a little trend but we have two more topics and then that will be all for the the trend report i'll call you back and we will get into the next ones cool Okie dokie. So the next topic is, so I do want to say that I feel like wellness trends are not as fast paced as like fashion trends. And so I feel like whenever Kate and I do these episodes, I'm like, oh God, it's just like the same fucking shit brewing in the wellness industry. But I saw this TikTok from this one woman, Kate already knew about her. I don't remember her name. I'm sorry, you guys, but she's Hannah Fit. Hannah Brothman. Okay. Yeah. So she's also an, an investor in like the wellness space. And she was kind of talking about a new trend that she 
is expecting to kind of blow up in 2023 and beyond. And that is like endocrine disruptors. So the endocrine system for people who may not know is a network of glands that regulate our hormones. And she's just kind of talking about like how there's just this heightened awareness for women when it comes to like hormone health and like the whole idea of like cycle syncing coming off birth control, more and more women are coming off more than ever. And I think just like more general research and education to the general public in regard to like women's health. And I think a lot of this has to do with like the overturning of Roe v. Wade and like women wanting to like take control over their bodies again. And just like having heightened awareness about like how to take care of themselves and like their body and hormones. Um, and so with this, she's, she's just kind of talking about like, there's so many different things that can disrupt our hormones. And these are like all just like a bunch of chemicals. And so what we can expect for the next coming years is like products to kind of like claim whether this is like an actual like wellness ingestible supplement or like a hair product or a like beauty care product, kind of like the new tagline, you know, how cruelty-free was like all the rage, you know, a few years ago, it'll be like endocrine, like regulating whatever product or like does not contain endocrine disruptors. And I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, this more like scientific approach to like women's health versus like all the snake oil products claiming to like reduce PMS symptoms. I feel like that's like all we've seen with a lot of like adaptogens, like kind of like helping you yeah, not feel as like cranky or like with cramps and everything. And I think it's exciting that like women, I think are going to about to have like their biohacking moment because men have had that for years. And I think like between like the two genders, like women definitely are the type of people who like can actually biohack because we have this completely other, um, clock essentially are in Freudian rhythm, Freudian rhythm. Thank you. Um, I was like blanking for a second, but like, we actually have that, that like we can use to like our advantage. And I think Kate and I have always been like curious about like, what will be the next like wellness trend. And I do kind of see how this is valid. Cause I think like gut health, I think is going to be here to stay and like, will remain like a trend forever, but I'm kind of excited to see a, like what the research comes from this. Cause I think like, again, women have been so overlooked when it comes to like health and wellness research. Cause so much studies are done exclusively on men. Um, and so, yeah, I like, don't know what will come from this and like what type of products we'll start seeing, but definitely something to keep your eyes out for. Definitely. Um, I agree on this one wholeheartedly. I think just personalization has been a big trend. Like Emma said, in the beginning of this, like wellness doesn't really have really, uh, fast trend cycles, but I think stuff like gut health is always trendy because like a new piece of research will come about it and then you'll kind of expand upon it. And I feel like personalization has been a trend throughout the pandemic because people are like, I don't trust the government. I don't trust, not trust the government, but like, I don't trust like the food system or I don't trust modern agriculture. I want to take matters into my own hand or like, I don't trust my doctor just blanketly said that I need to go on the pill. I want to do some research first. So I think that is like an interesting tension, but I think the more concerning part of it is like, where are people going to get their information? That's something I still like worry about and like struggle with myself of like, what is credible? What is not credible? Um, another book, now that we're talking about books that I wanted to read, but I just, I should just uh, purchase it because I can't find it in bookstores. It's called Why the Woo Woo Works. And mm-hmm. it talks, it kind of debunks a lot of myths of like holistic doctors are woo woo and quack and crazy. And it talks about like the, the validity behind a lot of like Eastern and Indian um, medicine and Chinese medicine trends and stuff. Because once again, the establishment has ignored these cures until they deem it like credible with scientific evidence. And so it comes back and kind of refutes all of those arguments. So that's another book that I'd be interested in reading. Um, Today's the book episode, I guess. Kind of with that, 
yeah, kind of with that, my last point was about like raw meat and raw milk. Um, you know, there's been the there's been the raw liver the liver king, and there's been the raw meat people on TikTok. I've seen a slowly an infiltration. I don't consume right wing media, so I don't see like the Alex Jones and Jordan Peterson and all those freakazoids what they're pushing. But I know that it's been something that the right wing has been talking about for a very long time. Like very masculine, hyper-masculine approach. You need to take matters into your own hands. You need to hunt. You need to go get your own stuff. You can't trust the government. You can't trust what these liberals are putting in your food. And I think there's been this like uh, pushback to the vegan community from the right wing of like, oh, you're such a baby if you eat tofu. Like you're not getting your enough protein. And then now it's this weird tension point where a lot of like quote, I'm going to say like quote left leaning people because there's a lot of people in the wellness space that kind of pose as like socially liberal, yet you talk to them and they have really like reactionary beliefs about stuff. But there's a lot of people that are like those spiritual hippie, like kind of quasi left people that are now get into the raw milk and the raw meat. Like people that live in New York that have voted Democrat and like maybe have caucus for Bernie or something like that, that are like, I want to eat raw meat. And it's like a hippie thing now, which is very interesting because I know back to like Woodstock and hippies and stuff, it's kind of been this like get off what the government's doing and like make your own food and food and communal love. So that has always been there. Um, But it's just weird that it's like the right wing and left wing both have this lack of trust in the government to give us good, healthy options. Like the girlies that go to Erwan and are like, well, I don't want to go get this like processed GMO food. You guys are on the same coin as like Alex Rogan or Alex Jones now, Joe Rogan now. Like, it's interesting. I'm not saying like you guys are the same because like, you know, I'm kind of the same in some food things. I'm not out here eating raw meat, but some things I'm like, yeah, it sucks that the government commodity like has this is a commodity and monopolizes this crop versus other things. And like fresh fruit and fresh vegetables are not prioritized in our food system. Clearly, like fuck the government on that one. But yeah, it's just weird because I wonder like politically, I feel like where this is going to be in the future like I don't think people vote on food but I think I would be interested in the future if like health became an issue that people went to the polls for yeah I don't know like after COVID especially too like I know so many right-wing people were like well fuck Fauci I'm not getting the vaccine like crazies like that but now like a lot of like left-leaning people I feel like are like well I only go to Erwan and like I drink all of my like pH balancing alkaline water too but it's just like not a clear-cutting constituency that it really like makes sense yet but I feel like in 10 years like maybe it'll make sense I don't know yeah it's honestly very interesting just the overlap especially I think growing up in the Midwest and having exposure to a lot of the right-wing people who are like hyper aware about like their health and everything and just like all like they really treat it like a religion just like I think people on the left do as well and it's like you guys have a lot more similarities than you may realize. Um, yeah, it'll kind of, it's kind of interesting starting to see food become more of like a political topic in the sense of like how you eat is like how you almost like identify with your politics. Um, again, so just with like ritual signaling and everything. Um, yeah, yeah we'll see think, what happens with that. I also think with food, I think for a long time, people thought of food as something that was very like individually focused. And I think a lot of people, once they feel frustrated with like their own consumer habits or like mm-hmm. food choices, et cetera, you start to scale out and realize like, this is something that my politicians could fix. But I think for like the past something years, it never felt like it was a government related issue. And I think people are seeing health as related to food, as related to inequality, as related to like socioeconomic status. And yeah, I don't know, maybe there'll be some like food party that we all can like be in in the future. Um, But 
I don't really want to be with the right wing freakazoids. So like, we'll have to figure that out. I don't know. It's just, it's just odd that there's like these cross cutting things that don't really make sense. We should start our own political party and it's the CMOS release party. True. Vote for Kate and Emma uh, <laughs> in whatever fucking year we're eligible to run for office. Um, that'd be fun. I mean, you know, we can start off and my dad said influencers are the first politicians one time, which I think is very funny, but I think that clubs and stuff, a lot of times like the, um, oh shit, what am I thinking of after 2009, Oh, the Tea Party Caucus. Like that started out as like a club. It started off as like local organizing chapters. And then they didn't really have intention to like build in the political power, like get political power and like build in the political system. So it's very interesting of like maybe something will then grow to be like a nationwide movement. Like there's a lot of movements that fail, like Occupy Wall Street obviously didn't have the same effect that it wanted, but who knows? I mean, Trump became president in this fucking country. So I don't know. I feel like I used to be very like nihilistic, like nothing can happen in America, but now it's like anything Anything. can happen in America. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's a trend report, girlies and boys and all those. Um, Emma, what what else are you going to get up to today on this beautiful Sunday? Um, I'm going to go on a walk for people who don't know. I really thought I had a stress fracture in my right foot because the top of my foot was like aching and like was killing me but I think it's was just a random muscle strings I can walk perfectly fine now so I'm going to enjoy not limping um I kind of might want to go into aloe yoga I've never tried on their leggings not that I'm saying I'm gonna buy from them but I'm just like curious um yeah I have to go to Whole Foods I'm gonna be a corporate girly later this afternoon and do work unfortunately but that's another topic and I'm gonna enjoy my Sunday. Go off corporate queen. Yeah, I did some work this morning, some cursed TikTok branded content. Um, but I kind of like doing it in the morning and then I get it out of the way and then I don't have to think about it. But I'm gonna go probably buy a book because I've been hating reading and gonna get some sesame seeds and wait for my period to come. I think it's supposed to be today or tomorrow. So I'm just gonna eat my seed cycling mix and pray to God. But today's my rest day from running, which I'm truly so grateful for. My body broke in half yesterday after 13 miles and I just need to like do nothing. Yeah. So that's the day for us. Um, mm-hmm. If you're listening to the pod and you like it, join Geneva, give us five stars, give Emma and me a cheeky DM or just, you know, like a meme or something like that always does levels for the levels for the serotonin, I guess. Um, thank you so much, girlies. We will see you next Tuesday. Bye, guys.